This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. All right, state your name and power. I am the Waffler. With my griddle of justice, I bash the enemy in the head, or I burn them like so. Next. Hi, uh, I am Pencilhead. And I am son of Pencilhead. We erase crime. Two generations of... Right. Yes, thank you. I'd say there's potential. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. And all that Only shooting stars break the mold. It's a cool place. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is a show where we talk about some mystery men. And one mystery woman. The one. Yep. The only one. Yeah. That's pretty good for a team up, getting one in there at least. I, I suppose. In 99, it's very good. It's very Well, this comes out in a weird time. We're talking mystery men, by the way. Mystery men. Directed by Kinka Usher. Yeah. Kinka Usher. Kinka Usher. Uh, known for commercials, apparently? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's going to come up, for sure. This is only feature film that he's ever directed. Yeah. That's weird. Very weird, especially for the people in this movie. But it's strange because in 1999, when this thing is coming out, it's two years after the gigantic bomb that is Batman and Robin. Yeah. But a year before X-Men. Yeah. So it's, it's kind a, of falling in a weird spot. It's a very weird spot for a superhero movie of any type. Exactly. Especially one that's got this much style behind it and such a strong idea, but also not. But also not. It's thematically... There, it's in. It's it has an intelligent plot. It's just it gets in its own way with fart and dick jokes. Literally, literally <laughs> fart jokes. Want to apologize to all of our listeners? Paul Rubens Paul is Rubens. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited when I saw he was in this movie. <laughs> oh man! Every time he shows up, he's like, it's like, oh, we get to do that. This he's week? basically being farting peewee in this thing. Farting peewee. His his superhero name is the Spleen. Mm-hmm. You want to see my special power? Pull his finger! Don't pull his finger. What do you think of this thing? Overall. It's interesting. Yeah, you've seen it before, right? I have seen it before. Uh, 12-year-old me loved this movie. How could he not? I mean, it was great. It had fart jokes. It's fun. Superheroes. Kel from Keenan and Kel. I forgot he's a person in the world. Had, nevertheless, in this movie. Had all the things that 12-year-old me was looking for. Well, that's good. 31-year-old me, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think of this movie? Yeah, I'm in the same place. Yeah. I'm in a weird place of this one because I didn't love it by any means. Yeah. But I was never bored. That's true. And that's the weird thing about it. But I think the reason I was never bored is because of Kinka Usher. Maybe. He, he's a commercial director. Yeah. He's won a shitload of awards for direct commercials. Hmm. The reason he got this thing is because he's buddies with Michael Bay. Oh, okay. Simple as that. Sure. Well, I read somewhere that Danny DeVito almost directed it. And I'm surprised he didn't tell you the truth. The and way also, this thing is shot. He also would have starred as the shoveler. I'm glad they didn't do that. William H. Macy's William a gift. William H. Macy's He's a treasure. is a gift. I love that man. But the way King Usher directed this thing is he directed it like a series of commercials almost. Yeah. Where you kind of get into your scenes, you're hanging out for two minutes, and then you're out. You're on yeah. to something else. Like, there's always a start and an end to every scene. Nothing really, like, flows through, if that makes sense. I can see what you're saying, yeah. Where it's you're almost watching like a movie of just vignettes, and then they slap them together and say, "This is a movie Mystery now." Mystery men, bam, got it. First try. Uh, stack of vignettes. 
that's pretty much what this thing is. I think the ideas behind it are amazing, even oh, for today. Absolutely. I this the themes of this movie are still coming up today regularly with yeah, Watchmen yeah. and the boys. Well, I was talking oh, especially the boys. Especially the boys. If you're not watching the boys, you should be watching the boys. Definitely watch the boys. It's everything Alan Miller wishes he wrote at some point in his career. And yeah. I'm surprised he didn't write something like this. It's <laughs> phenomenal. But with this, I was talking to the ginger skull himself, Dave Novak, before this. I said, what do you think of Mystery Man? He says, that movie either came out 10 years too early or 20 years too early, yeah. <laughs> depending on how yeah. you look at it. Absolutely. And I he's would... completely right. 100%. If this movie came out today, it would be, it would first of all, audiences would be open to receiving it, which is a big problem with it coming out in 99. Yeah. Yeah. It was just looked at as, oh, this is going to be a slapstick two hours of making fun of superhero movies, of which we know, what, four, five? They're not that many at that point. Right. At least so, not many big ones at that point. There's right, plenty, because you right. do have, with Spawn had come out already, right? Oh, had it? And yeah. you had four Batman movies. Four Batman five movies. Five, technically, when you count six, six, fine. Right. Um, a couple soups. Yeah. Or, a, quite a few a, soups. A bunch of soups. Yeah. But really, it's a parody of the Schumacher films. Completely. But it even borrows the sets from Exactly, the but it's film. not a parody. All right. It's, it's, yeah. It's a weird, weird thing it's doing. It's a really expensive movie for what it is, too. That's and it true. doesn't need to be. It's a, what, $68 million movie? 68 mil. It big time bombed? Big time bombed. Only made 33 mil overall in yeah. the whole entire world? In the whole entire world. Not a lot of that foreign. Because no. it, its domestic was 29 mil. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a pretty big problem. That's uh... But you could see everything that they're going after here. Because you said Danny DeVito was in talks to direct this thing. Mm -hmm. I said, that's a surprise he didn't. Because... Half the shots in this thing are Danny DeVito shots where you have the extreme close-ups, like in like Matilda or something like that, where you are right up in someone's grill as they're talking. Yeah. And you have like the Dutch and Canton angles and stuff like that and all the, the craziness and you can't make up your mind right. with what you want to shoot. I think that this director, it shows it's his first time. He's yeah. working with a banger of a cast. Oh, it's, it's insane. You have Ben Stiller, William H. Macy, Hank Azaria, Janine Garofalo, I guess Kel Mitchell. I guess. I guess we'll count him. But you also got like Greg Kinnear and Jeffrey Rush, Eddie yeah. Azar, and Tom Waits. You have real actors in this thing. And, and a, a lot, lot of them. them. Yeah. And you have Dane Cook. And you have Dane Cook. <laughs> Way too early, Dane Cook. Way too early. Golden Crispy, bad guys are history. He's the waffler. He's the waffler. <laughs> <laughs> but how could a first-time director who more or less shoots moving cars for a living say, yeah. this car, buy it, wink. Ding. He's going to try to direct these actors. And apparently the actors on the set of this thing are fighting nonstop, nonstop. over what the tone of this movie is. Right. Because the director is not giving them anything. But when you look at all the shots that are set up in this, it's a lot like Terry Gilliam and Danny DeVito and like Ridley Scott just went boning on each other and shat this thing out. <laughs> because there's so many there's so many references to Brazil, the way that it's like a more post-apocalyptic sort of movie. Sort of, yeah. Sort of. There's a lot of blimps, which makes me think post-apocalyptic. Yeah, I, I think the same way. Or in the future. A lot of blimps in my post-apocalyptic brain. Yeah, for some reason, in the, in the very near future, blimps are just going to blow up. Well, this is a 2000. They're going to go everywhere. Quote, unquote, 2008. 2008, we are. right, all right. So in the past, the blimps are going to get huge. Yeah, but then you get all the big CG city, like you're kind of a Blade Runner or right. something like that. It also looks like it might be out of Super Mario Brothers. Who knows? <laughs> but the, the camera choices are insane. They're all over the place. There's and no rhyme or reason for any of them. It's definitely, it comes from this commercial thing where this guy's used to shooting 30-second spots, minute spots, max. He doesn't have to carry on a theme for an hour and a half, two hours, however long this movie is. No, he doesn't. 
No, he doesn't. And at some point, he goes to like the first person shots where you're looking through the eyes of the character as they're talking directly to you. And he does that for a little while. At I one don't point. remember that. And then there's a lot of times where he does the, uh, I'm not even, I can't believe to say Orson Welles thing, but he does an Orson <laughs> Welles thing of where the camera's almost on the ground looking up at these guys. Yeah. Like they're larger than life. Right. I remember that too. Yeah. The, your ant's eye view. So it makes me curious, what would this movie have been if you had, no offense to King Usher, he's huge in the commercials, says never wants to make another feature film after dealing with this. Right. What would happen if you had a real director behind this thing? What do you get out of it? What if you had Ben Stiller direct it? He was in talks. Yeah, he was. Uh, he I don't is know. Very famous said this movie is a pile of donkey shit for he, the most part. He, he has said hates that. this movie. I, I think a lot of it is. I'm curious what part Ben Stiller wanted, as far as the comedy goes, because he and Greg can are getting a lot of arguments about the tone. Right. I'm curious who wanted what, because there are smart jokes in this movie and there are fart jokes in this movie. Yeah. And covering the spectrum, it's almost like every time they get a smart joke in, they have to end the scene. With a dick shot or something. Yeah. I don't know why Greg Kinnear would even have that much say in this movie. Right. Because he's barely in it. Barely in it. And Ben Stiller is kind of the driving force behind it, even though I think William H. Macy is. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Movie doesn't want you to think that. Nope. Nope. They want you to be like, Ben Stiller, all right, let's do this. He's Mr. Furious, and his whole thing is he just gets mad. He gets mad. And it's very good. It's something. The whole premise is great. It's like, okay, he gets mad. And he gets strong, and that's his thing. So that's the premise of his character. What do you think the premise of the story is that we're trying to tell here? Captain Amazing is a corporate bought-out superhero that's bored. He's got like a – he might as well be wearing a NASCAR suit. He's oh, got all basically. the advertisements he's got, yeah, all he's over got him. sponsors yeah. all from Pennzoil, Pepsi, and all of the all of that fun stuff. He's bored because he's so good at his job because unlike in The Dark Knight, there's no escalation. There's no big or bad to take the place of the ones he's already gotten rid of. Right. It's, kind of, it's funny because – it sort of starts in that place where the Dark Knight ends. Yeah. Of like, there's no one next. Right. What do you do now? And that's an interesting You're spot You're losing to your corporate sponsorship. Right. Which is very the boys. Losing the publicity. <laughs> yes, it is. So he tries, he frees his villain. Right. He breaks him out, more or less, and it's it's Casanova Frankenstein. Cas- what a great name. What a name. Casanova Frankenstein. Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. Unexpected. That's amazing. That's incredible. Janine Garofalo. Turned down the role of the bowler until and she heard she that found, William H. Yeah. Macy and Jeffrey Rush signed and said, holy shit, you have real actors in this oh, thing. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. For sure. Yeah. Naturally, Captain Amazing gets kidnapped right. by Casanova Frankenstein. Then this team of misfits has to go save exactly. the day. You got a team of misfits who don't really work well together and don't really have powers. No. Who want to be superheroes because that's, that's what this world we've established is, is that the superheroes are the big stars. It's not like your athletes or or anything like that. It's But does Captain Amazing even have real powers? He flies. He has a jetpack. He does have a jetpack. Well, that's a good question. Does he have real powers? Or does he just have really good PR? It could just be really good PR. So are you suggesting that there aren't any real superheroes in this movie? Yes. I kind of love that idea, actually. And I think that makes it a hell of a lot more interesting. The movie didn't lean on that, though. Because no. Why would you? Why would you? Huh. No one does anything truly super in this. Even Casanova Frankenstein is using bombs for the mo- and science. Kel. Oh, wow. You're right. Kel has a real superpower. He's the invisible boy, but he only goes invisible when no one's looking. When no one's looking. So how do you know? And then he- When you're invisible, you just feel it. You just it. feel it. <laughs> so at least one person in this movie has a real superpower. Uh, that's- I can't argue that, actually. <laughs> and the Sphinx, at one point, does chop in half a bunch of guns with his mind. 
I must have looked away. <laughs> <laughs> it's when the mystery men, after drinking and celebrating their victory against the, the Corvette limo, basically. That limo's awesome. Insane. Big fan. I love it. Yeah. Um, they get drunk, and then they get cornered by the disco boys. Did he do that with his mind? I kind of thought he threw like a battering type thing at it. Oh, he might have. But either way, he nailed uh, it. He nailed it. And they got Blue Raja there. Blue. And Kazaria. Just, he throws forks. Throws forks and spoons. I throw cutlery. <laughs> the fake accent. Why not knives? Perfect. I'm not stab boy. <laughs> Knife boy. The stabber. Silly, but I love it. We're making a movie here about hero worship. A big time. Yeah, that, that's, that's what it comes that. down to. And but it's also playing on all the tropes. It's especially prevalent in the shoveler's character, in William H. Macy. He has no reason to be a superhero. He's got a family. His kids look up to him. He's very good at his job. Whatever that might be. He's very good at shoveling. He's very proud of how good he is at shoveling. But he feels like he needs to do more to be a hero in his kid's eyes and his wife because of the superhero culture that exists. Do you take it that he needs to be a hero in the eyes of his kids and his wife, or do you think he needs to do it for him? It's for him. He's just like, I'm a goddamn shoveler. I've got to do something about this. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Furious, Ben Stiller's only doing it for the ladies. One lady. One lady. Monica, the waitress. Claire Forlani. Yep. Only thing I know her from is mall rats. That's it. Mall rats and mystery men. That's that. And then she has no point in this movie. She had a. a... I lied. She has a MacGuffin point in this movie. There you go. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> if Mister Furious does have powers, we only see it once she gets captured. Right, and he just gets kind of mad. Yeah, yeah. He, I'm getting furious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really, this time. <laughs> oh, okay. I like how they're like, "Oh, but you you've lifted a bus one time." He says, "Well." The bus was already sort of moving. I kind of pushed it. He kind of had the <laughs> bus driver sort of had his foot on the accelerator, but I did the rest. <laughs> yeah. But he's the one who comes out and says, oh, I'm a phony. And the rest, of the, team, the rest of the team are the ones who are like, no, come on, you lifted a bus. He's like, no, no, not really. It's interesting that he comes out as a phony, which means that in his head, he has this real superpower. Yeah. But when he admits he a phony, like the other guys kind of just own that. I guess they know he's not very special. Yeah. Yeah. They also know that none of them are very special. It's just right. someone has to do something. Because Captain Amazing is missing. Yes. And he it can't be Lance Hunt. It can't be. Because Lance Hunt what wears a good glasses. Joke. I think that's the best that joke in the, the whole movie. That is the smartest joke in this entire movie. Absolutely. Where ben Stiller openly says, Lance Hunt is Captain Amazing. It's all Greg Kinnear. And he says, one wears glasses. How is he supposed to see when he takes the glasses off? It can't be Captain Amazing. It's so good. It's so smart how you're just messing with these tropes. Right. Right. And at that time, not a whole lot of tropes to mess with. So the fact that they're picking them out and doing it is great. But then, of course, they punctuate it with a fart joke or something, I'm sure. Of course, this movie cannot get out of its own way. I remember this coming out in 1999. And I remember being popular for some reason. And everything here, all the numbers we're looking at, says it's not popular. It says it's not, yeah. Did we miss something? I don't know. I don't really remember. Maybe it was just it was hitting our demographic when we were that young. Maybe. In 99. Is it culty, maybe? I think it's definitely culty now. Okay. At the time, I think it was just a flop, and little boys thought it was great. And this movie is proper 1999, also. Yes. Because Smash Mouth. Because Smash Mouth. We did it again. Yeah. Somehow they keep showing up. The same song. It's All-Star. It's All-Star. Yeah. The Shrek song. But two years before two Shrek years came before out. Two years before Shrek came out. Amazing. So, point Mystery Men. Yeah. Uh, wow. Are we doing that? Strange, point, huh? Point Mystery Men. <laughs> You get one. Everybody gets one. So like we said, after Captain Amazing gets captured, they got to put together a team right. in order to, you know, get him back to rescue him. I really like how they had 
the tryouts. Tryouts. Superhero trials. And I even wrote, like, this annoyed me because I wrote, this is similar to Zoom. And then Smash Mouth came on and I said, I regret saying Zoom. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> You willed that into existence. What do you think of these superhero tryouts versus what we saw in Zoom? They make more sense. But do they? But bare, well, They throw a pool party. In the way that none of them have powers is what it makes sense. Whereas with Zoom, they were like, this one has this power that's not really anything, and this one has this power that's actually sure. something. And all of these heroes are on the same level. None of them are that special. Well, some of the ones you have, you have the Waffler, Dane yep. Cook. Dane Cook. And his power is he holds a waffle iron, and he says, ah, I either hit him really hard with it, or I burn their burn face. Burn their face. Yeah. Yeah. Someone shit on the coats. Someone shit on the coats. On or around the coat <laughs> area. Imagine he said that. That would have given up his whole first album. That was his second album. Was it? I think so. Oh. I think that was Vicious Circle, even. Really? Yeah, a little later on. Okay. His first album is a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. Harmful of Swallowed? Oh, amazing. So good. Absolutely amazing. There are two power women who are just girls in Wonder Woman outfits. I like that a lot, though. I thought it was pretty great. Was pretty and great. then they fought each other. They fought each other, and all the boys are going, oh, all right. It's 1999, isn't it? Giggity. The reverse psychologist? Brilliant. That's such a fun idea. It is. You also have Pencilhead? Pen- <laughs> Son of Pencilhead. Do you know who Pencilhead is? Who was Pencilhead? Doug Jones. Doug Jones. The Doug Jones. You know his work. That's for sure. Yeah. He's one of those where uh, he's always someone else. He keeps popping up, too. He's another one, like Smash Mouth. It keeps showing up. Does he? Oh, he shows up in the in the proper world of movies. Yeah. Uh, you've seen his work, and we will see his work on the show eventually when it comes to Hellboy and Hellboy 2. Mm-hmm. He's Abe Sapien. Okay. You've seen his work as the Pale Man. In Pan's Labyrinth, the guy with the... With the hands. The hands, the yeah. eyeballs and the hands. Yeah. And recently, he was just in a Best Picture winner, Oscar, in The Shape of Water. That's right. And he is... He's the he's fish aqua, boy. Aqua boy. He's the, the fish man that, That's that the gets, gets it on with the, the lady. Right. In the tub. I, I, don't, I did not see that movie. Did not see it. I imagine <laughs> it's sexy. Uh, maybe? Interestingly, the initials on his costume say PM for Pencil Man. Even though his name's Pencil <laughs> Apparently. Whatever works. He's a day player here. I don't know if that's a wardrobe malfunction or just a misreading of a line. No idea. But the kid comes in immediately. He's like, I'm son of pencil head. So that's either quick thinking on the kid's part or, I mean, they could have just done a second take, I'm sure. Squeegee man, Dana Gould. Dana Gould, most famous for The Simpsons. Yeah. Big writer, big producer on that I for mean, 16 years, 15 years. You get Hank Azaria, you probably get that. You're on. probably getting the, the yeah. pull there from that one. A little bit. Big Billy Hillbilly. There's so many weird... Isn't there the PMS Avenger? Yes. She only works four days out of four the month. Four days of the month. <laughs> Is that that's a problem? No. no. No, that's fine. No. We got Radio Man. The Radio Man or a Radio Man? I don't know who is the Radio Man. The Radio Man is a New York legend. Oh, tell me more. So here's how this legend works. He's not a legend. He's a real man. Okay. Even though I, I'm not sure what his real name is. I just know him as Radio Man. Who he is is a formerly homeless person person who lived in New York City, he rides his bicycle around, and he's got a radio around his neck. Okay. He always shows up on film sets. He's the absolute nicest man in the world. Huh. Always has a cameo whenever he shows up for the most part, where they will somehow force him in. Really? And he'll just ride across in the background. You'll see him. That's fucking Radio Man. There's Radio Man. There's a documentary that came out about him a couple years ago. Uh, He's been in such things. He's been 30 Rock, Departed, Born. He's done, like, Elf, Godzilla, Big Daddy. He's got 100 credits to his name. He is no longer homeless. He's apparently extremely close friends with a lot of celebrities. 
That's amazing. But it's Radio Man. I've never heard of Radio Man. I'm looking at a picture, and this one, yeah, I'll show you a picture of Radio Man. The Radio Man, sure. first of all. Okay. That's pretty similar to the appearance it's in the movie. It's similar, because the guy in the movie is portrayed by Jeff Danziger. Okay. And he has the radio around his neck as well, but he also has some satellite shit going on in his head. Yeah, he's got some sort of like umbrella hat, too. You know what? I don't know if it's true or not. I like to think this is a nod to The Radio Man. I would- The New York legend. I think so. I, You know, even if it's not- it is now. It's canon in our show. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Wish Radio Man would make a cameo right now. And here he is. No, he's not. Oh, I was like, what? Because nope. <laughs> he's doing big famous things. All making right. cameos in real things. Being Radio Man. It was crazy because I remember being on set and you would just hear on the walkie, Radio Man on set. He would just show up and hang out. That's amazing. Yeah. Couldn't have been any cooler. And then they usually just throw him in the background somewhere and just ride through and he loved it when he was done he'd say have a nice night everyone of course he would love it it was great who wouldn't love that but he still looks like he's super homeless that's the thing and he is not (laughs) so it's great he's uh it's awesome that's one of those cool new york film legends i I just i love him so i'm a fan yeah i learned something today (laughs) dogs don't legs (laughs) does he look more homeless than Artie lang in this Modern day Artie Lang or then Artie Lang? Because then Artie Lang, like, he looked like he had a healthy glow about him. Healthy well, cocaine glow. But... A healthy cocaine glow. Or was that just the Red Goggles? Yeah, he's part of the, he is the leader of the Red Goggle Gang. He's the leader of the Red, is that what they're called? The Red Goggle Gang? I think so. I'm pretty sure what they said in the movie, isn't it? Something like that. They said, we're the Red Goggles. They're Definitely the, something, something with a red something gang. He's Big Red. Yeah. In the opening scene, he's joked that it's the worst movie he's ever made. What else? He's done Beer League. That's the only thing I know he's done. Uh, I guess his mother and sister went to go see the movie, and they called him after his scene and asked if he's going to show up at any other point in the movie because they wanted to leave. He's legitimately in the first five minutes. Yep. That's it. Yep. They called him after that and said, are you in any more of this movie because we don't want to stay? That's amazing. <laughs> That's the kind of reception this movie got in 1999. You want a quick Artie Lang story? I would love a quick Artie Lang story. This is around 2012, 2013, I think, somewhere in there. It was night of the NFL draft. This is when I had just finished up on season six of 30 Rock, mm-hmm. when I worked on that thing, and had our after party, yada, yada. I come back to the parking garage to get my car after all that's done, and I guess Artie was doing his whatever it was with Nick DiPaolo at mm-hmm. the draft, doing sport sport guy things. Sure. I don't know. And he ends up taking a taxi from Radio City across the street, more or less, to the parking garage to get his car. <laughs> it was weird. I don't know. Uh, he shows up and he gets out of the taxi and I'm sitting there waiting for my car and Artie comes up and I go, Hey, Artie. And he goes, Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, what are you doing? Like we got the draft. He's like, of course I was at the draft. Uh, and then he said some sort of joke and I was laughing. I don't remember sure. how it was. He's a funny was, guy. He said was something funny. Inconsequential for the moment. And he says, Oh, if you think that's funny, wait till you realize the taxi driver there. I just tipped him 10 cents. And then he kicked the car. <laughs> <laughs> and the car drove. This is back when the, you couldn't do the tips on the card or whatever it was. Yeah. You couldn't be forced into doing that. And the tax driver stopped and he goes, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, classic New York, man. That's, yeah. Classic New York. Classic. I wish I could remember what he said to me. That was funny. Yeah. I wish I could, but it was all just completely canceled out by him kicking a cab and the cabbie yelling Artie Lang. I mean, how much do you tip a guy for driving you across the street? I don't know, but it was he was so proud of himself <laughs> for his cheap tip. So proud of himself. Uh, gotta love Artie. He's really good at crashing. He's very good in crashing. Everything about that show is good. I completely agree. Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. He's a gem. He's a gem. Big He's, fan. He was great as Batman. 
the he's bad he was bad man bad man right right man i watched those clips like crazy brian put them up on facebook yeah and i went down a weird rabbit hole of those for a while then As i went down do. the rabbit hole of his x-men ones right. that are so so good also great so so nightcrawler good. does look like he would smell bad i agree speaking of batman <laughs> okay mystery men's a fine movie yeah there's plenty going on in here. yeah yeah, yeah. i want to take a quick detour let's detour because I realized that there are some Amazon one-star reviews that we never talked about in the past. Oh, This okay. is kind of a Cape Podcasters revisit. Dun, 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 dun. And I kind of miss Batman. We just got out of Bat Month. Yeah. And it just feels weird. We got to come down from it. I don't want to go cold turkey. That's right. You can't. You cannot can't, go cold turkey. can't quit Bat Month you can't, cold turkey. You can't do it. It just doesn't feel right. So what I want to do is I want to go back to the beginning. Not the Batman beginning. Okay. I want to go back to no, 1989 again. episode one. For us, and give you some Amazon one star reviews. For a second, I was like, Batman from, episode one. From that would be a weird one. From <laughs> Batman, the Keaton, the Nicholson. Oh, that's let me exciting. give you some Amistar. Amistar five ones. <laughs> <laughs> let me hear those Amistar one five reviews. <laughs> some Amazon one star reviews for Batman from May 15, 2015. Title Meh. <laughs> Batman Returns is a lot better. We did decide that it was a better movie. Completely agree. So, uh, uh, one star. But one star is kind of Letting you know. From May 29th, 2015, one star review is titled, One Star. Okay. They doubled down. Yep. It was an okay movie. I liked it better when it came out years ago. <laughs> what? But it came out years ago. One star. Uh, I liked it. So, so what? how many stars would it have gotten in 89? We'll never know at this point. I guess not. This seems popular also from May 30th, 2015. This title is meh as well. Oh, so, this is a meh movie. Meh movie. It says, I liked it when it came out, but it's horribly dated and full of so many plot holes. It's not dated. We talked about this. No, it's, it's, it's timeless. kind of timeless. Jack Nicholson is a decent Joker, but it wasn't really that much of a stretch for him. What? I don't quite understand why so many people say how great he was in it. What does this person think Jack Nicholson is like in real life? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Wow. These last two, really quickly, are just called One Star as well. One very, of them says, this movie is just... titling. Yeah, this movie is just noise. It's Prince music, really. It's, it's a lot of Prince. Long Prince album, if you close your eyes. <laughs> you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts, Purple Rain. <laughs> and then the last one from May 30, 2015, One Star. It's called Buttman. Buttman. That's it. That's the review? Buttman. That's the whole review. <laughs> <laughs> Buttman. 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 One star, but man. Back to Mystery Men. I mean, on that joke, it makes sense to go back to Mystery Men. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about this movie? My favorite? It's definitely that scene in the diner with the, the glasses with William H. Macy. It can't be him. Lance Hunt wears glasses. That is the peak of what this movie could have been. It's so smart. And from there, it's nothing... Levels up yeah. to that. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Just give sure. me your gut reaction on it. It's not a super stuff type thing. Yeah. Just uh, gut reaction on these things involved in this movie. Let's go. Direction. Uh, it's all over the place. Acting. Uh, it's some of it's a little forced, but that's I think that's just how Ben Stiller acts. A little forced. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of. This is the closest I think he's gotten to like was it Tony Perkis heavyweights? Yeah. Like that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, Lunch has been canceled. But you have a lot of, of hustle. A lot of really good actors in this, and I think it's acted pretty well. Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo is on another level all in of this the asses. thing. Also, Tom Waits is Tom Waiting all over the screen. Apparently not a stretch for him. 
in this role. Apparently, he does this. Like, I mean, real life. There's he, a scene where he's yeah. um when he's explaining how the um psychofraculator works. He actually has his lines written on his fingers. So he's like doing a weird thing with his hands, but really he's reading his lines off of his fingers, which is brilliant. Apparently, Kinka Usher loved it. Loved it. Because it was, oh, this man's eccentric. <laughs> that's why, what does Janine Garofalo say? She's like, that's why your mad scientist isn't as preferable as your garden variety scientist. <laughs> it's a great line. Brilliant. It's almost as good as we have a blind date with Destiny, and she ordered lobster. <laughs> There's some, uh, I I don't know. This movie has so many good one-liners that I can barely remember. Oh yeah, but they're so good. It's so good. Almost everything the Sphinx says is a one-liner. Oh, it's just the reverse oh of whatever. And I love how Ben Stiller calls him out on it. Yeah, <laughs> that, not necessarily what I was going to say. <laughs> Actually, I think I have the full quote here because it's it's too good not to do the whole thing. You cannot master your problems if your problems master you. Like, stuff like that. And it's just yeah. that over and over again. Your temper is very quick, my friend. But unless you learn to master your rage, your rage will become your master. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> Not necessarily. I like how we see them making their costumes, too, where you have that, like, interlude oh, yeah. of yeah. them sewing, sewing their costumes and... together. And like, what? what's the point of this? I need a thimble. <laughs> but it's so good, the way that they pull that off. It's one of those things of, like, you're hitting every single trope. You're just not hitting them well. Right. Again, if this movie came out 10 or 20 years after it did, probably would have been brilliant. Completely agree. You could probably throw these same actors in there, too, and it would still work. Probably. The story still works. A couple more questions. Sure. Script. Script. Again, it gets in its own way a lot. I don't know how much is improv or what, but there's smart jokes and fart jokes, and the two don't mix. I think it, you nailed it. I think you completely nailed it there. I also like that smart jokes and fart jokes rhyme. It helps your... your... Point, quite a bit. It makes me wish that there were smart jokes and fart jokes in Dark Knight Rises so I can make you realize that it's not a good movie. (laughs) If you say so. No one's hated on me about it. Therefore, people either A, don't care, B, agree. Which one's more damning? (laughs) (laughs) One of them hurts you a lot more. (laughs) That's fair. You know what? We might as well just do super stuff. Might as well. We're here. These questions are touching too close to it to not do it. Real close to the super stuff. Setting. It's Champion City. Champion City. Uh, some sort of dystopian, futuristic, blimp-heavy. S- sort of is, because then you get of, because also your suburban area Yep. with uh, Shoveler's House and all that stuff. And then there's a castle. There is a castle. Where it's... Casanova Frankenstein lives. Yep, Jeffrey Rush. He's phenomenal. Very good. Uh, also, he's there's got- There's not uh, many places in this movie. There's a lot of diners, a lot got, of eateries. He's got Dr. Leek, played by Lena Olin, who just disappears halfway through the movie. Just yeah. Gone. What are you going to do? She has like two lines, and then- Gone. Gone. No, no more lines. I'll go like 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5 seems fair. There's not many places, but no. they're all over the place. But they do hark. They they keep hearkening on this is Champion City, right? Right. Which is a place where superheroes, I say with air quotes, exist. Hero. Yeah. He's more or less. Right. 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 Style and tone. I'm gonna go one. I think that the oh no, the tone is really killing it, isn't it? I, I was think gonna the say style's the style. there. Really. I mean, it's it's got so many different directions, strictly from the director, not knowing how they want to shoot it. That's very fair. You know what I actually think about the style also is when you go to the costumes, we saw them making their own costumes at yeah. a point. And I actually really liked their homemade costumes. I agree. A whole lot. And I then agree. once they started sewing up their costumes and then they came out, 
And it's like they look professional, but they look stupid. Yeah. Like stupid and cheaper. Well, they, they look looked worse. like 1999 superhero costumes. What people thought was cool. <laughs> the flames on Mr. Furious's jacket were so cool. Yeah, he went real fast because of it, apparently. Guy Fieri would have loved that job. No, you're the best. <laughs> the hero Flavor Town needs, not the one it deserves, or something like that. I Makes you know. wish Guy Fieri was in the role then, not so much Ben Stiller. Probably. Different movie. Different. We'll, we'll go different. Ah, uh, you're right. <laughs> Maybe I'll go 0.25. That's fair. And yeah, especially with the arguments about tone. Yeah, no, that's, you're right. You're completely right. Heroes. Okay. This is a weird one. This is a very because weird one. Because we have Captain Amazing, who is a hero. He's not. But then you also have <laughs> the Mystery Men team. Right. Who don't so much save the day as they... By the way, Blue Raja, Hank Azaria, he kills Captain Amazing. He kills Captain Let's Amazing. Let's not forget about that. Right. He right. actually lit him on fire, more or less, with that defraculator or whatever Melted his face Melted and him. turned into some sort of he, blob he killed monster. Him. He, he completely killed him. killed him. Janine Garofalo did not know his hand was going to fall off when she went to go check his pulse. Oh, real reaction? Yeah. All right. That's pretty neat. Fun. I like that. Yeah, they're not very heroic. They're <laughs> not super heroic. They do save the they're day. They're brave and they're courageous. I'll give them that, that's... except for Mr. Furious, the lead character, apparently. Maybe. A... They do save the day. I'll go they do it. Point five. That's what I was already typing, so okay. I think that's, okay. that's fair. Villains. Casanova Frankenstein. Frankenstein. He blows up a prison this, the, within minutes of him getting out of, out of the prison. Right. It's awesome. What kind of madman blows up the, the madhouse? It's brilliant. He's a... Uh, I like how... Also, he, he yeah. tricks Captain Amazing. He knows exactly right. what's going to happen when he gets He gets pulled over there. by the mystery men, and he decides to order from a drive-thru menu instead of right. talking to them. Instead of talking to them. He's so good. Good. I'll go one. I love Casanova yeah. Frankenstein. I also love his, his lackeys with uh, the frat boys with Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. The, he's got a, a cameo in this thing as a frat boy. Got, is it going to be Brewskies? Brewskies. <laughs> the the Disco Boys with Eddie Azard and Prass. You got that rap group that's in there with CeeLo Green. Yeah. The Goody Boys or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but they call them the not-so-goody boys, but it's actually the Goody Boys. Get it? Brilliant. Wink. That one's hilarious. I don't know who the Goody Boys are. In 1999, you might have. Okay. Fair enough. Now, not so important, but then- Probably a solid joke. Was CeeLo part of the Goody Boys? Yes. So you're saying like CeeLo, beyonce He got himself out of there. Well, I mean, then he went, did his Gnarls Barkley yeah, nonsense. Yeah, he and did. Then he, and then he straight up CeeLo'd. Wow. So he's he's done it a couple times. What a roller he's, coaster. He's over here, brr, 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 you know? <laughs> he's leveled up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But also, you got a third of the Fugees in the Disco Boys. It's great. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> one for villains. Female characters. One. There's one. There's one. And she... There's Monica and Dr. Leak who end up as bait. Okay. Monica, I don't care disappear. for. Her. Monica, I don't care for. Her. That's the... The, the MacGuffin. Claire Forlani, more yeah. MacGuffin lady. MacGuffin love interest of Ben Stiller. Dr. Leak doesn't do jack in this thing. She does. She has one purpose in the movie, and she doesn't even do that. But even... Does Janine Garofalo do a lot because her power is that she has a bowling ball. She's the bowler. Right. And she throws the bowling ball. And the bowling ball does its own thing and it has a man's head in it. Right. It's got her father's skull in it. Right. And it's like, oh, you put your father's skull inside a bowling ball? She said, no, the guy at the bowling alley. The guy at the pro shop did it. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant line. But she does. She is a badass. I want to go one. I think she's great. It's She's phenomenal. I don't you know if I can give her a full suck. one. I think a .75 I'm, I'm is I'm okay fair. with that. I'm okay with that one. Story and motivation. Now, this is weird. This is very weird. Because I think 
this movie has both story and motivation. Uh-huh. I think it's a very cool story. Oh, yeah. I think, I the, think story the motivation's is... obviously there. Right. But they're done badly. They're done poorly, but they, they exist. The story is a good story. It's just told wrong. And the motivation is absolutely yeah, there. So do we punish it for that? I think we do a little bit. Maybe a little. I think uh, I'll go. Oh, man. How mm. bad is it? Is a thing. That's that's a good question. Because they really do. This is a premise you... that still works today. As I completely by agree. The boys. But they do take you out of this movie by putting in fart jokes. Literally fart jokes. Literally. It's Pee Wee farting on bad guys. Uh-huh. I'll go 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. I do think it needs to get punished that badly. <laughs> I think that's fair. Music. Smash Mouth. We have Smash Mouth. He's, they're back, baby. I still don't know if that's a positive or negative. <laughs> it works in here. In 99, it's positive, I think. Crush it, 99. Um, also, the composer on this movie, his name's Steven Warbeck. Fine. And he said he was choosing weird instruments. I don't know if it's because it's like, oh, it's a weird group of characters getting together or whatever, but he had Hungarian instruments like the Terragato and the... Symbolome. I don't know what that is. I don't know what they are either. One of them is kind of like a like a clarinet looking thing. Okay. And then and then there's also a Greek bazooki, which is kind of like a banjo, but it's Greek. So this guy just said, "You're going to like give me I'm weird ass fuck about in this thing and just go." Yeah, and he says uh and then the percussionist brought what in their own it? weird stuff. Is this stuff. Dewey Cox's like grand thing where he brings in the didgeridoo and the <laughs> choir and the ghosts and didgeridoos. <laughs> More didgeridoos. Is that what this thing is? I don't know, but I don't remember hearing it. It's got all these weird instruments. I don't that either. I don't That's remember hearing. Thing. I'll go so, zero. There is actually a really cool scene. Unless you want to get the Smash Mouth bump when they're first going exist. into yeah. uh, to see Doctor Heller, Tom Waits. Yeah, where he's playing that the water, uh, the water chord, thing the water, whatever, chord, yeah. whatever it is that makes the ominous tones. Yeah. So like you're like, oh, there's something ominous happening in here, and then he's actually playing the instrument, and I thought that was brilliant. It's a smart move. Very That's a funny joke. Very clever. A smart joke. Fine. 0. 0.25. 0. 0.25. Smash mouth Got bump. The smash mouth <laughs> Impact on the genre. It's a hard zero. That is, uh, that is definitely a the zero. The hardest of zero. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Do we? I think we might. <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- this thing was a box office bomb. Bomb. Nuclear it bomb. didn't even make half of its money back. No. For this cast, too. There's no reason they should have bombed this hard. No. And for something that's actually pretty okay, it's not The premise bad. is sound. The acting is good. It's The direction is not good, and it's it came out the wrong time. It has no impact. No, there's no impact. I'll go, uh, we're going to give it a negative. Negative. Negative, negative 0.5. Negative 0.5, I think, Just is Just to be arbitrary, because totally I have no fair. idea how to punish it. Teamwork makes the dream Well, work. they did, they did a... They did finally... Defeat Captain Come together and defeat the bad guy who defeated Captain Amazing. Right. So they did have some semblance of teamwork. It's a coming together story. Right. This might be a one. They're working as a team. They have to. They have they to. They suck otherwise. Yeah. Because Blue Raja doesn't even throw knives. Nope. Just throws forks. But he also throws forks and allows Captain Furious to climb up and save the gal. Right. So teamwork makes the dream work. And this is a one. It's That's a, one. Weird, a weird one. But it's, yep. Okay. And one-liners. They're there? Are they memorable? They're not memorable, but they're definitely there. Because a ben lot of Stiller, everything yeah. Ben Stiller says is a one-liner, but he gets it wrong every time. But it's on purpose. It's completely by design, and that's what makes it hysterical. It's so because great. even Janine Garofalo says, "Like nothing you say makes sense. You're just mixing metaphors." <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go point five. No, maybe not. Maybe lower. Just because I don't remember most of what they say. 
I don't need a compass to tell me which way the wind shines. <laughs> this is so funny. That's, that's terrific, but you're reading it. I'm watching you oh, yeah. read it. That just oh, shows how not memorable they are. They must have ripped the Q section out of my dictionary because I don't know the meaning of the word quit. <laughs> that's the only one he got right. Uh, that was at the end when he was actually furious. Oh, I'll go 0. 0.25. 0. 0.25, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I'm talking myself into lower scores on this thing. <sighs> but I think they're But I think it's going to it's gonna land exactly where it should, though. The total score for Mystery Men is four and a half. You know what? It's higher than I thought, especially with the negative in there. Yeah. I like it. I'm, here's the thing. It has so much potential. It really does. It, it kind of makes you want to have either a reboot of it or a sequel. Yeah. Just to see where it goes. Just to see King what Kosher, will happen. See in the theaters, bud. You're yeah. not welcome here. No. You can... You're out. You know what, Ben Stiller? Give him the boot. I want you to direct this thing. I would love to see Ben Stiller direct this thing. If he brings, If Ben Stiller brings the same type of tone and comedic attitude towards this thing as he did like Zoolander where he did Tropic Thunder. Yeah. I think you actually have something here. Especially Tropic Thunder. Especially that. Yeah. Where it needs to that be movie, very, very aware of what it is. Exactly. It has to be totally self-aware, like a Batman Lego kind of level of self-awareness. But I think there's so many more tropes now that they can play with than there think, were in 1999. I agree. But do you think Ben Stiller didn't get this job because of the cable guy? Oh, I don't know. Because the cable guy is a weird movie that I love. But it's a weird movie. It is pretty weird, isn't it? It's been so long since I've seen it. It's very creepy. I'm remembering that. Now that you say it, and that I'm was three that. years before this movie came out. Yeah, I mean, he, he has his chops directing. Ben Stiller has such a tendency to overact. Yes, he's always a bit much. But then again, in this cast, he's he's the only. Well, I can't say that because Paul Rubens is in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean. They kind of let everyone be themselves. At one point, yeah. Hank Azaria sits on a fork and he goes, Cliven! Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. The Simpsons. The Simpsons. And then Paul Rubens just forget? openly peewee. Just He's just peewee he with zits wants. in this movie. He's pretty good in this movie. Farting, <laughs> farty, uh, pimple face peewee with emo hair. I kind of want them to do another one of these. I want to see it again. I would love to see I'd it. I'd like to see something similar to this. Yeah. If you can get all these guys to come back and do it, I think it would be kind of interesting. It would be very interesting. I don't think. It's, I mean, it's never going to happen. I mean, it's twenty years later. They, it's uh, it, it'd be a total. No one's ever movie. talked about it. It'd be really interesting to see though, where the mystery men are twenty years later. I kind of love that. I do too. But Ben Stiller, but no Ben's, fucking way. No. Greg Kinnear needs a job, so maybe he'd do it. Well, the thing is, he died in the last one, so he doesn't need to. Oh, you're right. So you're there wouldn't be any right. tension on set between those two. None. How great is that? That's pretty great. I guess. That's what we thought of this thing. Yeah, that's it's something. Top 72 superhero movies of all time on Rotten Tomatoes. We've talked 72. about it before. It is 72. It is the dead last. It sure is, which is weird considering it's got a 60%. Huh. And an audience score of 57%. Okay. How many reviews? 103 for critics and 133,000 okay, so, for so a people are reviewed it. Decent amount. Sure. I guess it's a cult classic now. It's a cult hit. Chicago Reader says, the character has been designed to make fun of themselves. Uh-huh. Disguising the craft of writer Neil Cuthbert and director Kinka Usher in getting us to laugh at them. I don't know what any of that means. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking the same thing. Like, what? He just says, you? there's characters. They're self-deprecating. Also, someone wrote and someone directed this thing. That's true. You can't fault him for that. The San Francisco Chronicle says, this bunch achieves peaks of sublime nuttiness. Like a, like a almond joy. Sure. It gets worse. Uh, New York Times said, crafty, witty, 
That's it? That's it. That's all they had to say? Two words. I mean, I guess it's a positive review. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution says, Mystery Men is like its hapless heroes. It's a wannabe that has the best intentions, including a pronounced anti-gun stance, but none of the knack it takes to save the day or itself. Is it anti-gun? I think it's anti-gun because none of those guns in the movie do anything, and also you have Dr. Heller who makes non-lethal weapons. That's true. Which is very interesting. What do you think of Batman, tell you the truth? Yeah. Because Batman's non-lethal. It's wonderful toys. Yeah. Yeah. I really was a, f- uh, a big fan of the blame thrower. How <laughs> they just start ripping each other apart whenever it hits someone. It's so funny. It's so good. Good news. Roger Ebert saw this thing. Regis McGeebus. And he gave it two out of four. Two. Oh, that's. So he didn't hate that's it. A I have thumb a, up. I, it's sure. It's I haven't read it. I, we're going to read it for the first time now. So Let's hear it. Mystery Man has moments of brilliance, waving their arms to attract attention in a sea of dreck. Mm-hmm. It's a long, shapeless, undisciplined mess, and every once in a while, it generates a big laugh. Since many of the laughs seem totally in the character of the actors who get them, they play like ad-libs, as if we're hearing asides to the audience. Hmm. Like, kind of Deadpool-y, almost. Uh, sort of. I think he's really referring... This is the shortest review I've read of Robert Reber. No. Uh, <laughs> I think it's kind of that whole scene how you have Dr. F- uh, Dr. Furious. He didn't go to... Dr. Furious <laughs> no. School, Furious College. He's a mister. He's a mister. How when he comes back and he's like, oh, I'm just looking for my address book. Like something like that. Yeah, it's denim. This is hang loose. It's got a kitten on it. Right. I think it, that's kind of what he's referring to. It makes there. sense. Yeah. Ebert Sandwich, last paragraph says, I liked William H. Macy's version of the Henry V speech on the eve of battle. We few. And it's portentous line. We've got... A blind date with destiny, and it looks like she ordered the lobster. Love it. It's a good call from you. <laughs> and a lot of Janine Garofalo's lines, as when she says, I would like to dedicate my victory to my supporters of local music and those who seek out independent films. When the smoke clears, her character is ready to retire. Okay, now I'm going back to graduate school. That was the agreement. We share her relief. So she's talking to her dead dad skull. Yada, right. Yada, so, I mean, Ebert saw this movie. That's all we know. Yeah. He thinks it's a movie. And- he thinks it's a movie, and it, it's... Perfectly average in the score, and it's fine. And it's fine. That's how I describe this movie. There was it's a fine. director and a script and actors, and they pointed the camera at these folks, and they said, "All of those things happen." Say what's written here, and uh, we'll we'll put it on a screen somewhere for yeah. people to. We'll break see for lunch. We'll exhibition. come back. We'll do more of it, and uh, perfect. We'll edit it together. Somehow. And Ben and Greg Kinnear are going to fight. It'll be great. Be a good day. It'll be fun. People who gave it one less star than Ebert. <laughs> They reside on Amazon. Amazon.com. What a star of you. This one I'm going to get on board with right away. Okay. This is from February 24, 2019. It's called Too Expensive for What It Is. <laughs> they said, short time and too expensive. I'm assuming it's the rental. This is a $5 rental on Amazon. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. Lego Batman was only two. Two. Yep. Why is Mystery Man more expensive than Lego Kink, Batman? Kink Usher needs that money, I guess. Guess so. From February 19, 2016. It's called One Star because that's what... Just about all these are. Yeah. Fell asleep, but I have heard it's a great cult film. (laughs) One star. (laughs) Fell asleep, heard it's great. I don't know. One star. This one says maybe Mystery Men has acquired taste, but I didn't find it funny at all. He haven't acquired it yet. You gotta taste it, I guess. Pretty much. There's others that say dumb movie, awful, was too silly for me, not a great movie. The acting was terrible, the plot and the writing was bad, the characters were difficult to understand and had no depth, which I'll completely disagree with. Uh, I, yeah. But this one's interesting. 
I just read like six reviews there because no one's typing jack shit about this movie. Sure. From July 20th, 2017. Title, Not an Overlooked Cult Classic. Okay. I have officially given this movie two chances. Once when it came out and again with my kids, who I thought would bring a new perspective. Unfortunately, I'm embarrassed for showing it to them. This has kind of become a cult item, but I don't know why. It's awful. I will never watch it again. Great cast, great idea, poorly written and poorly executed. Yeah, that's... that's Kind of what you've been saying, right? Yeah. I don't know. These are too negative. That one wasn't wrong. One's called A Very Effective Sleeping Pill as a review title. Hmm. This one says, I want, yeah, I want two hours of my life back. It said, ah, my first one-star review. Ah. This is from November 22nd, 2000. Oh, wow. So this is upon the the DVD release. Right. Fresh. I had the displeasure of renting Mystery Men recently and was mildly surprised to see it as your recommendations. When I fired up Amazon today, I had to put my two cents in. Woe for a script that so debases a good cast. I hope William H. Macy is okay, feeling he had to take a part like this. He has about five scenes to himself, and they are all the same. Proud statement of self-purpose. Self-doubt, self-affirmation, proud statement of self-purpose. That's, uh... Nailed it. That's accurate. (laughs) I did read that the actors knew during filming that they were participating in a bomb. It is conceivable that it looked good on paper or on a DVD cover. Heck. I rented it after all. I saw it as a blockbuster. But just did not work when actually attempted. Mystery Men, to its credit, gives satire the old college try. It's like watching a kid in Little League who isn't very good at baseball, but is doing his darndest to succeed. (laughs) You root for them, hoping for a breakthrough, but the movie just strikes out. Ooh, kept with the baseball. I like it. Well done, man. I mean, stick with your metaphor. To put it succinctly, I felt less intelligent after watching Mystery Men. (laughs) I even tried watching the excerpts on the DVD, hoping they just left the funny parts on the cutting room floor. Do I need to tell you what I found? Cliffhanger. Oh, I I expected something more. Yeah, I want to know what he found. Wow. People don't like this movie. I don't find this review helpful. I want to know what he found. (laughs) No, because five people did. That is a a very thoughtful review. As far as one stars go, it didn't like descend into madness and typos and anger. (laughs) The end. Yeah, it's strange, right? Yeah. People don't like this. I, I guess, and yeah. It's, that's okay. I understand why they don't like it. I completely get it. I understand why people like it. This movie, Also completely get it. This movie is right down the middle for me, I think. It's a, I could take it or I could leave it. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it again anytime soon. Nope, it's going to be a long time no before no reason I, to. I don't know why I own it on Blu-ray. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, $5 rental, I win. Uh, I actually... I think my Blu-ray might have been cheaper. Oh, no! <laughs> I lose. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going back into the MCU. We're talking about Iron Man 3, starting off Phase 2. Wow, we made it! Yeah. It's been so long. I mean, it's we had a so, whole so month so of long. Batman. I'm actually like, I'm not a Marvel fanboy. I love Marvel movies, but I'm not a fanboy like Brian is, and I'm so excited to get back to it. <laughs> oh, you think you're excited. Feel these nipples. What? If they're nipples of the future, I'll remind you we're going to see Iron Man 3. <laughs> oh, right. It's phase two. Yeah. Phase two. Thank uh, God for Guardians and Ant Man. Yeah, that's gonna be great when we get there eventually. So Winter Soldier. So half of the movies in this phase are good. Hey, what's that fun thing we're doing every other episode? We're doing UB3s every other episode. Random picks. So, every other episode just for the just for the foreseeable future. And gigs. See, see how it goes. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. It should be. We know you guys like that random shit, so we're gonna keep throwing it at you. Throw some random shit at us on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kate Podcasters. Or you can uh, send us some questions, comments, reviews of your own to 
katepodcasters at gmail.com. Tell us if you agree with us. Maybe you don't. We'd like to hear it. You can also rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you got a second, throw us the rate, throw us the review, throw us the subscribe. Yeah. It helps. It helps us get in front of some new ears. Yeah. If you like what we're doing, if you don't like what we're doing. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. The five <laughs> five stars is the bad one. Five stars. Yeah. It's if the you really hate what we're really doing, bad one. Give us five stars and tell us why you hate us so much. We'll definitely see if you do five stars. And if you like, and if you us, like us, do five stars. Do five stars despite the bad people. Right. Right. Just let them know that you're all on the same team. Exactly. Also, <laughs> keep listening em. at the end of the episodes because we have postcards on every single episode. Kind of right. like one of those Marvel things. Right. Like those other movies do. Like the with the words, the talky talks. After the credits. Yeah. We'll see you next week for Iron Man 3. Same pod time. Same pod channel. So, Dave, that's Mystery Men. What do you think happens after the credits? What I think happens after the credits is we get an elongated tryout scene. Oh. Where everyone's lined up next to the pool. They're coming up. You get your Dane Cook and all that shit and all that nonsense. The waffler. But then you see a guy come up, and he's just wearing yellow spandex, and his hair's all crazy. And Ben Stiller says, what's your superpower? And he goes, snicked, snicked. And Ben Stiller goes, okay, so you got blades coming out of your hands. What's your name? What do you do? He says, hi, my name's Wolverine. (laughs) And Ben Stiller goes, all right, where are you from? He says, I don't know. <laughs> so Ben Stiller goes, is, is all you have the, the blades? Is that is that all you do? And he goes, I can also smell real good. Wolverine. <laughs> and ben Stiller says, this isn't going to work. That's not, There's nothing super about you. Next. Cut to black. <laughs> what do you think happens post-credits? I think we zoom out of the television broadcast. And we're seeing it on a TV, on a monitor. In a studio. Ooh, fancy direction. Yeah. NBC. We're on NBC. We're in, we're in 30 Rock. Okay. <laughs> and we see Andy Richter and Max Weinberg knocking on a door. Are you in there? Conan. Conan, are you in there? And the door swings open and he says, my name's not Conan anymore. I'm the Flaming Carrot. It's <laughs> a good reference to what this, the, the comic book this is based off. Yeah. Well done, sir. Also, got the Simpsons connect. Wow. Yeah. So many levels to that one. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs)